Perhaps the most controversial topic of discussion in our day revolves around truth. Opinions often blur the lines of an objective truth. Streaming platforms, social media, and other public forums allow individuals to project their truths upon the masses like never before. In the midst of woke, cancel culture, religious freedoms, political liberties, and social injustice, we attempt to search for and reveal the truth. This is Truth Revival. All right, all right, guys. Welcome to episode number 16 of Truth Revival. This is season two. Uh, We got a couple moving parts today. We got Mr. Nationwide out in South Carolina. Is that right, Paul? Yes. Chesney, South Carolina. Chesney, South Carolina. And we've got a young man here today. And he said, uh, Roman, I know why they call him Nationwide, because he's all about that business. He's going everywhere. Luke Brackett. Luke, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are, and um, and then we'll meet our, our next guest. Um, yeah, my name is Luke Brackett. Um, I'm 20. I announced my call to preach um, about seven months ago, uh, just looking to see what God leads in my life, but uh, very thankful to be here, and uh, I just had a little girl last week. So Yeah, what's her name? Magnolia Claire. Magnolia Claire. Yeah, That's so, a cool name. Live dream. Yeah, I'm not getting much sleep right now, but it's definitely been good. <laughs> now guys, let me I tell you <laughs> Let me tell y'all the crazy thing about Luke. When I first started teaching, Luke was a student at Madisonville Middle. Mm-hmm. Yes. I almost can't even remember those days, Luke, but that's kind of crazy, man. I try to forget those days. Those are <laughs> BC before Jesus, you know, so. <laughs> I got you. Uh, but dude, I'm so proud of you, man. You've, uh, you've been doing a, a wonderful job and, uh, so thankful to have you here today, but proud of you as a, a minister, young man of God, and also a father. Our next guest is a guy who's had some skin in the game for several years. And the irony of this is he was a teacher of mine back in the day. Also a coach of mine. Chris Hollenhead. Chris, welcome to the show. Uh, obviously, you're well-known around these parts, but uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and the ministry and any other stories. I know you can tell a story, right? Man, maybe a, maybe a story or two. Thank you, Roman. Paul, Luke, it's great to be here. Um, I like that euphemism there, uh, been in the game a while. In other words, the old guy in the room. Uh, appreciate that, Rome. Uh, hey, no, easy. I've got all y'all. I've got all y'all. <laughs> um, no, I've been in, in youth ministry now. I've been blessed to be a part of um, youth ministry for, as a matter of fact, this is this is my anniversary, 20 years in youth ministry. How about that? Yeah. I was thinking about that on the way here this morning. Um, like really the day or the year? No, 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 the year. Okay. Um, uh, I, was, I was asked to um, help out in a teenage Sunday school class in 2002 and, and and announced my call to preach the next year and rest is history. So Chris, um, like you've, you've been serving in youth ministry for, for 20 years. Paul, you've been in youth ministry, right? Off and on throughout the years. For a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Long time. Guys, I don't I'm- want to tell you how long I'll have to <laughs> reveal how old I really am. Long time. It's my, I started out, I guess about a year after I got born again, helping out with the youth where I grew up at that church for a little while, and then uh, really shifted to, to traveling and singing in a Christian rock band for, I guess, almost seven or eight years full time, and uh, was gone and came back and uh, in the midst of getting settled, I actually coached Luke in upward basketball a long time ago. Yeah, and then, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. It's been a while, Luke. And then just, uh, you know, help. went with Danny Strickland to the Floss, helped get that thing going for about four years, and then we went back to where I grew up, and uh, now I'm at Popper Bluff and uh, doing what we do. If people haven't kind of figured out by now, our, our, our theme of the show or our topic is really going to be on youth ministry. So, guys, let me read this verse. It's out of Ecclesiastes chapter 11, and I'm sure everybody's got a little something that uh, they, they'd like to share. But I want to read this, a verse or two, Ecclesiastes chapter 11, we're in verse number nine. 
It says, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou this, that for all these things, God will bring thee into judgment. Several weeks ago, I was able to share with the FCA at Madisonville Middle about the difference between mischief and trouble. And guys, as young men, would you all say you got into mischief or you got into trouble? I can remember a time whenever me and some of my buddies went coon hunting, innocently coon hunting, and the dogs had got onto somebody else's property, and some old man came out with six shooters. I'm talking he had six shooters on his hips. He had two in his hand. He had a hog leg, you know, strapped on his back. He was ready to shoot somebody. He came out and stuck that gun right in our face and said, (laughs) what are you boys doing on my property? And we was like, we're sorry, sir. We just, we just cooed out. And he said, you're not trying to get my chickens. And we're like, no, we we just, we just coon hunting. And we talked him, we talked him down, but man, he was ready to come to blows. And like, we wasn't intentionally trying to vandalize. We wasn't intentionally trying to like take this man's property. We was coon hunting, you know, and that's just being a boy. I can remember another time when my brother Lance, we was, uh, the guy's name was Ronnie McNabb. We had, uh, do you guys remember where the old, uh, we call them the trout ponds at down steer Creek, uh, or let's see, not down steer Creek, but, uh, what is that down there? Chris, where did we go run that one time? Conasauga. Oh yeah. Down yeah. Conasauga. Mm-hmm. The old trout ponds down in Conasauga. You may not know where that is, Luke, but, um, we had rode our four wheelers back in there one time and, uh, they call them the old trout ponds, a nice piece of property. My brother Lance, which today April 16th is his birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Lance. 40 years. Happy 40, Lance. So, uh, but Lance, Lance goes, you know, across this guy's property, just zigzagging across this guy's property and totally just destroyed this guy's yard. And they're all sitting over there. They're having a family cookout. Well, Lance didn't really, he wasn't thinking, but son Ronnie came down there with a 12 gauge shotgun and literally we, we still talk about this story. He caught us with a Jeep and stuck that shotgun right in Lance's face and, you know, pumped it two or three times. And we was like, he is going to blow Lance's head off. But he, he, when he pumped it, he, he told us because we, we've let her talk to him. He goes, he goes, if you boys would have heard me pumping that thing, there wasn't no shells in it. I mean, it, if Lance would have had a, a history of, of vandalism and trying to destroy, but he was just, a young boy, right? Just riding his fuller fast and, and stirring up mud. And I mean, good grief, guys. That's all of us. But that's what Solomon is saying right here. Like in your life as a young kid, let your heart cheer the end of the day that you, you know, walk in, your, walk in the ways of your own heart and in the sight of thine eyes. But you need to know that everything that you do, God's going to bring you into judgment. Uh, Chris, you you've been in uh, you've worked at the high school for how many years now? Twenty two. Twenty two years. Yeah. Um, what would you say has been the like what like maybe even when whenever you was in school? What's the example of like what kids were into when you were in school versus what kids are into now? Well, before I mention that, uh, the two stories you just mentioned, uh, you know, the wisdom we can gain from that is. Number one, chicken thievery and and lawn care disrespect is not a laughing matter. Not tolerated, right? No, no, sir. (laughs) Um, But no, back to your question. The methods, the um, maybe the 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 means, the way, the different opportunities maybe has changed through the years. But but of course the the heart of what it's what's happening is the same. It's I mean since the Garden of Eden, you know. Mm, Yeah. Um, And all through history, we'll find. We find new ways to walk away from the Lord, um, or n- new ways to, or you know, just to get into mischief or whatever. But it's still the same, the same heart issue, and the and um, the same need for the same Savior um, through the same gospel. Luke, what what's what's your thoughts? Like, uh, you know, you you wasn't in school that long ago, but 
Like when was your brother in on that senior year prank at Sequoia? Yes. The legendary prank that now like legendary prank at Sequoia, but back when it happened, it was like there was like serious charges that were considered being thrown around, right? Yes, yes, and it was bad. Now was your brother in on that? Um, he was there. If you ask him, he was one of the first groups and he did a prank on the guidance counselor's office. Just kind of, he set up this uh, kiddie pool with sand in it, and it was because uh, they were really close with the guidance counselor at the time. And but as they're walking out, the officer is letting the ones in who came in and did all the destruction and stuff. So he he was there, so he he had suffered the consequences of being there. He had to go almost to the guilty other by one. association, right? Yes, because it was instead of uh, I think that. They just decided anyone whose face they recognize on cameras was going to get, you know. <laughs> the axe or yes. whatever. Well, wait, by the way, Roman, way to throw his brother under the bus here. Well, well I know those guys. You know, they're good kids. <laughs> At least it's my brother, not me. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but, guys, you know your brother, Luke. Is your brother like the trouble kid that is, uh, he's just always into trouble. Like, he just into this and into that, and now he's... Is he like that? No. Ben is a, he's a fine young man, right? Mm-hmm. Probably just got into a little bit of mischief. Wouldn't you say? Well, see guys, that's Paul. Have you ever got into mischief or you was probably a troublemaker. That's probably no. Paul Chapman. No. Just ask Holland head. He knows. Brother Paul. I was No way. I was crazy. <laughs> he I was actually, man. he was talking about you before yeah. we got you on. I, 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 I told Roman, uh, I, I told, Everybody here, I said, um, listen, Paul can dance. Well, he was a senior when I was a freshman, and I said when uh, uh, Jump Around by House of Pain came on, it was it was on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wonder. I just wonder if uh, you know these oh, years have passed. God. You still you still got it. Oh no, no, <laughs> I don't. Something happened. You pulled, I guess age. You pulled that OLD ligament. <laughs> well. Yeah, I'll probably share something here that I've never shared to anybody. Let's go. This is a probably, Truth Revival exclusive here. It, it doesn't matter. You know, when the angel of the Lord came to Samson's father, and, and they told him, said, hey, don't, don't drink any strong drink. Don't put a razor to his head. Don't do these things. He says, and, and, he, and Manoah called him back and said, hey, teach us what we are to do with this child. That will be born. Teach us what to do. So he was saying, "Hey, what do I, how do I need to train them? What do I need to do?" You know, and a lot of us are trained from young age. You know, uh, I, every one of us here, the four of us, have always been took to church since we were little. We we've grown up in it. We've known it, uh, and, and it, that almost becomes mundane, mundane to you until that spirit breathes life into your heart, into your soul, and makes it a reality that, hey, he is truly real, and I need to honor him and serve him. So I could remember when I was uh, I was around 15, 16 years old, maybe maybe a little older than that, uh, going to youth group, doing all the right things, and, and being going to church every Sunday. But I st- And Chris will remember this. I started hanging around with the wrong crowd a little bit and, and doing the wrong things. And I can remember coming to youth group under the influence nobody knew except for the youth pastor and he drove me to the side and said what are you doing man and uh and and at that time at that point in time i was just like you know who do you think you are blah 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 but at the end of the day looking back now uh he was just concerned about me and and uh and trying to help me not go astray and do the wrong thing and you know that guy to this day uh, is a confident mind, and, and and I go to him when I need to talk about things, and and uh, but and not because he judged me or was like really rude to me and said, "Hey, you can't be here," blah blah blah. He actually loved me and 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 said, "Hey, man, what's going on?" What and not to say that I did the right thing from that point on, going forward, which I did not totally did not, but the fact that he showed me love made me want to come back to the well, if that makes sense. Uh, by him not judging me and ridiculing me, maybe want to come back and say, "Hey, what does he have that that makes him care so much?" And and eventually, you know, years later, the Lord arrested my heart, and uh, 
and gave me that same spirit that he's got. And you see, Paul, we just need to love these kids, and they're going to go through it, and, and we just need to be available to, to, with open arms. I think what you've just shared right there, I mean, that little section right there, we could probably end the podcast right now. Of course, we're not going to. Guys, you got to care about kids. Kids are going to get into mischief, and kids are even going to get into trouble. There's going to be kids that's going to come to the youth group under the influence. Does that mean that they're a bad kid? No. Why Why does youth ministry exist? I mean, if if all the kids that came were, they had everything in order and everything lined up, and, and what, what you just got a club meeting, I guess. Here's the question. When we become adults, <laughs> exactly. do we ever have it all no, figured I, out and lined up? I don't think it gets much better. I, you know? it, it really doesn't. What we find out is that it's just that kids get older, and then they get gray hair. And then some hair falls out. But all of us adults are still kind of still kids in our heart. I mean, we, we mature a little bit, obviously. But guys, it like there's never going to come a point in your life where you have it all together. And I think we need to be sensitive to that with these kids because they need to be kids. And man, as a dad, I need to realize that I've got to continue to direct him. But I feel like as a dad, sometimes we want our kids to make so many right decisions that we can almost crush their spirit. You That's know what I mean? True. I'm, the, I'm the world's worst. Like to keep them, to keep them on track, and you don't want them to make any mistakes. You don't want them to make the same mistakes that you do. But guys, kids and youth ministry, they're gonna they're gonna make mistakes. But Chris, just like you said, that's what it's there for. To love them, to to mentor them, to guide them. I want to also kind of go over here. Um, we're still in uh, Ecclesiastes. But rejoice, O man, in your youth. Let your heart cheer thee in the days of your youth. Walk in your, in the ways of your heart and in the sight of thine own eyes. But you need to know that God is going to bring you into judgment for that. And then it says in verse number 10, so remove sorrow from your heart or the things that's going to bring sorrow. If, if we can teach kids to draw nigh to God, put away evil from your flesh. Why? Because childhood and youth, they're vanity. And then he says in chapter number 12, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. And guys, we're trying to minister to kids and trying to teach them to remember God while they're young. But the reality is a lot of kids are not interested in serving the Lord young. Paul, I was like you. I was raised in church, but there had to come a point when, I mean, I got saved at six years old, but I remember that time when I had to decide that it's not my mama and daddy's faith anymore, but it's my faith. And I was praying for a purpose. Chris, as a freshman and sophomore in high school, I was well-liked, but I was just having trouble fitting in with everybody else. And the reason being is there was a war going on. Yeah, I couldn't smoke like everybody else. I'm never I will never forget seeing all of the vodka in the back of a guy's truck that they were going to take to after a fo- after a football game for a big party. And they were like, "Roman, you want to go?" <laughs> Did I want to go? Absolutely. Who wouldn't want to go? But like oh, I had man. been I it had been instilled in me as a child, you know, like don't don't, you know, those things are that's the wrong path. You know, my mom and dad instilled those values in me. And, but I just, I was wrestling with being conformed to the world. You know what I mean? Like there was a lot of my friends that were sexually active and good grief as a, as a young teenage boy. I mean, who doesn't want that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I can, I'll never forget. We used to pass around, uh, pages of the playboy magazine. Like we never could get a hold of the actual magazine. And so boys would. They'd pass around pages that they tore out of their dad's magazine or something like that. And it was just like, oh, <laughs> but now guys, all these kids have got cell phones yeah. and how easy, yeah. how accessible is pornography now? I mean, my gosh. And so like we've introduced all these elements to these kids and uh, do y'all remember when smoking in the bathroom used to be a big deal. Now it's vaping. Now it's vaping. <laughs> You know, yeah. and and they're, I mean, be real, Luke, it, it, it's past your time, but everybody knows what happened at one of our high schools here recently. 
with this fentanyl that's been put into the vapes. And see, that's the thing, guys. People are going to look at that and go, kids these days. But it's not kids these days. Youthfulness and the flesh and mischief and they're kids. They're, kids cry- gonna- they're crying out for the for the gospel. They really are. I mean, what what the the human soul wants, whether they can touch and feel it and know what what it is, what the soul longs for is is peace. And and of course, peace only comes through through Christ. Um, you know, Paul a lot in his letters. He will say uh, in the introduction, grace and peace to you, or grace, mercy, and yeah. peace. And always, 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 peace is listed last, because peace, true peace, can't come unless grace has arrived. And um, the the soul longs for peace. But when Christ comes, when, and the gospel, and that's why in youth ministry, you know, at, at ministry period, but, but especially youth ministry too, um, if we're not care- careful, we're, we... We focus more on results-driven instead of the process-driven stuff. And yeah, the pro- you're right. Pro- yeah, man, and the process is, that's down in the trenches. There's no big notoriety. There's no uh, pats on the back. There's no, it, it's just grueling, laboring in the trenches. But why did Paul come back? Paul uh, Paul here, Paul Chapman, why did he come back? Um, because he had foundations that had been placed in him uh, as as a as a child, why did you turn mm-hmm. down some of those parties? Because you had foundations built in you. What about those? Why are we surprised when kids don't turn down those things when they haven't been given a foundation in those trenches? We're we're a microwave generation, especially ministry. We want to see results yeah. right then. Man, the results may be ten years from now in in a, a stand that's taken or. Um, or or a surrender that's made, that's because of what happened there. So, um, I mean, we don't need to get so focused on results, and it's hard to do. But uh, if you are, I mean, I've I've I'm by no means an expert. I have been in youth ministry a while, and um, a few things. That, I mean, one that some things that I've learned. One, youth ministry is not a stepping stone. Agreed. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of people, <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think they have this mindset that like, if you you kind of start out there, it's like the minor leagues youth right, ministry, right. and then hey, if you do that good, you do that well enough, hey, you might be called up to the majors, yeah. and you'd be a, get a church and be a senior pastor, and and what what they don't realize is. All those things right there are callings. Agreed. Now, God might call you in a new chapter and season of your life, and you may be a senior pastor. Roman, you started in youth ministry. That's right. Now, you're a senior pastor here at Popper Bluff. But I, you didn't decide that. Mm. God did. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, I, I've, had, I've had people, well-intentioned people, trying to give you a good compliment mm-hmm. early on in my ministry, like, you're going to make a good pastor one day. <laughs> and I, I know what they meant. They were trying to be nice, but I thought, bless your heart, you have no idea. Mm. Youth ministry is not a stepping stone. It's the war zone. Ooh. It is right in the middle. Do you know that the last, I mean, it, this figure may be off a little bit. Last time I saw it, it was 85% of those who become Christians do so before they turn 18 years old. What? It, there is no minor leagues. This is the war zone, man. We're Satan is wrestling for their soul. Mm-hmm. And you've got a great opportunity. And, and by the way, I want to say this too. Um, I thought I, man, I thought I knew how to raise teenagers. You know, all those years of youth ministry, I was like, hey, man, parents of teenagers, just line up. I, I'll show you. Here's It's simple. You just do these things. It's going to be fine. You, they're going to be a pump full of Jesus. They're going to make great choices. I just, I've got the secret. Just come on, parents. Uh-huh. And then my children became teenagers. And you've got... Four kids, right? I've got four kids. Three of them are. I, w- w- listen, we're trying to we're trying to field a little league baseball team. We've got the outfield, and we're working on the infield now. And, okay, but yeah, they. I, I've got um, a, a daughter who's nineteen, and and uh, a son seventeen, a, a son fourteen, and and a son three. So, um, Ooh, wait yeah, a minute. yeah, <laughs> we're, we're going to be together a long time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, but you know, I thought. <clears throat> 
I thought I knew. And then I, I want to go back to a lot of my parents through the years and say, man, I'm sorry, because I really didn't realize. Because here's the thing. As a teenage teenage parent, a parent of a teen, there are two sides of this. And, and if you focus on one and not the other, you're going to be in a, in a you, you're going to get a slanted view. But to parent teens, the teenage years, are they a challenge and a struggle? Most definitely. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Truth Revival is brought to you by Senior Lopez Mexican Grill, 105 Mecapike, Teleco Plains, Tennessee. Paul, why don't you tell our listeners what's happening at Senior Lopez? Hey, take the family down Monday night for trivia, 6.30 to 7.30. Tuesday is my favorite day. Tuesday is Teleco Spirit Tuesday, where 10% of all proceeds go to the town of Teleco Plains, Rome, which is a great idea, and I love that. Bingo, Thursday night at 6.30. And Saturday night is live music from 6.30 to 8.30. So take the family down, relax, have a great meal where the food is fresh and the family is welcome. Come home for dinner at Senor Lopez. And now, the continuation of Truth Revival. There's struggles and there's challenges of being a teenage, uh, uh, being a parent of a teenager. But uh, the other side is it is there is probably no better time of an opportunity to pour into your children thinking about how much things they're bombarded with. You know, when they're toddlers and they're they're a little bit older, elementary age, that's when you really want to pour that foundation, but they're not really getting hit as hard, you know, from, from outside forces. Teenage, man, it is an absolute war. And uh, what an bombardment. They what? begin struggling yeah. with their identity. Yes, all all kinds you know, of things happen. What a what an opportunity to uh, and as a matter of fact, I don't know if you've ever read the book. It's a great one. I want to recommend it. Um, it's about parenting teenagers for Christ, and it's called Age of Opportunity by Ted Tripp, I believe it is. Um, Tripp with two P's, I believe that's who uh, wrote it. Age of Opportunity. Check that out. It's it's about that very thing. Hey, don't cringe when your kids get. To be teenagers, like, oh no, they've turned into this creature and I don't understand them and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but he said, listen, be prepared and attack that for Jesus. Like, man, mm-hmm. I'm not going to waste this opportunity. There's never another time, another time probably in life where they're going to be bombarded from so many directions. Let's, let's parent them like Jesus would while they're teenagers. And Chris, that's, that's Proverbs 22, uh, verse number six. Yeah. Train up a child. Exactly. Train up a child. How many years are invested in that training part? Train them up. Disciple them. Train up a child in the way they should go. Chris, and that's what you talked about, the foundations earlier. How many times have they missed? We see a kid, a problem child, a kid that's in and out of this and and and, and addicted and all this. And do we ever think, but I wonder if that child ever had any training in godliness, in, in the gospel, in Christ. They probably had no training. So why mm-hmm. do we expect why do we expect Christian behavior from non-Christian people? Right. Why right. do we expect people to make decisions that are Christ-honoring when they've never been trained? Agreed. I, I remember that old education quote, and I was trying to look it up right here. Um, it's every child needs... A champion. I think it's Rita Pearson yeah, who made that. Rita Pearson who made that quote. Guys, Chris, dude, that is a war zone. Yeah, and and you see, the enemy knows that. Uh, I had read somewhere in one of the. I can't remember what state. It might be Maryland right now, but I have heard that in Maryland there is now a a, a post birth abortion policy that's trying to be passed. You know, have you heard it, Chris? I have. Are you guys aware of this? Mm -hmm. That basically if a parent decides that they don't want this child after it's been born, they can just kind of leave it there. Up to a month, right? And yeah, I don't know, but basically a a month old baby, you can just leave it. You can just leave it and just let it never be prosecuted for it. And just let it suffer and die. How cruel of a world. Luke, you just had a baby, right? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. was you was, was you ready for that? Was you ready for a baby? 
as ready as I could be. <laughs> I don't know if we're ever really ready. But, dude, like, she's the most precious thing in your world right now, right? Mm-hmm. But you have to take care of her and feed her and change her and bathe her. And, like, she needs you. You can't just leave that kid alone. And, and But, you see, here's the thing. Here's what the enemy knows. The enemy, if he can get those parents, that child will be left to themselves. To fend for themselves. And that's what's happening in our world. As an educator, I, it, it shocks me how many children are, are, being, are coming from broken homes where either the mom and dad are divorced. And I had one kid the other day tell me that they was over at their stepmom's house, but that she's not her stepmom anymore because working, the dad's going through the second divorce. And I thought to myself, how confusing for a kid. But but now we've got a lot of kids that's not only being raised in split homes, but being raised by grandparents, or the majority of these kids have, have been uh, victims of uh, domestic assault or violence or, or seen their, child, their, their parent arrested oh, yeah. for, for drug abuse or, or who knows what's happening. And there's so much volatility in these kids' lives. They're almost, they're looking for something. But 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 the enemy's got mom and dad, and so that kid's just kind of left alone to raise themselves. I got a good example of that through the years. Um, I mean, there've been uh, lost count, of course, of of all the sad situations and the and the results of of just destruction that Satan's done in, in families. Um, but I, I never will forget it was it was early on in my teaching career. I had this writing assignment. Um, where the, the the students were writing a, a draft of a of an essay about their life, and uh, I got I was reading through them after they had turned them in, and then there was this girl, and she wrote, and it was the saddest thing I believe I've ever read. She was talking about her family life, and she said, um, the 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 mom was it was a broken home. The mom had had left. It was her, her dad, and her brother. Her brother was older mm-hmm. than her, and they were living in the house. And her dad and her brother were were terrible, full blown um, alcoholics. And they would, uh, she said, on the on the weekends, like on Friday nights, uh, they would get drunk and they would fight. Like physically, her her dad and her brother would would both get drunk and they would just have fist fights in the house. And uh, and she was there just you know as a as a you know casualty of of this situation and and i never forget she wrote went that when they get in those fights most of the time um a hole gets ended up knocked in the sheetrock from the fights and the saddest line i've i've been teaching 22 years the saddest line i've ever read that a student wrote in class was this every time a new hole gets put in the wall we cover it up with another family picture Oh my God! And I thought, Oh my gosh, dear Lord, help that girl! I mean, think about that—the the, the the family picture, everybody smiling, everybody's nice. Mm. How many families? Son. How many families do we come in contact with on a weekly basis, y'all? And on the outside, man, it looks fine, but behind closed doors, that that fine-looking family is a is a cover for destruction that Satan is ravishing them with Mm. so you see in my opinion i don't think it's now granted children teenagers they have to be responsible for some of their actions but guys we should know that kids are going to be kids kids are going to get into mischief and they may even get into a little bit of trouble but they need a responsible adult to guide them they need a champion but not just somebody to educate them in the ways of the world. They need somebody to train them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Would you agree, Paul? Most definitely. I mean, I've, I've just been sitting here, my mind playing back over the years of, of different situations and different things that I came in contact with. And we're at an unprecedented time in the kingdom. If you think about it and you look at it right now, I mean, you look at the home church, the, the older generation, I mean, they're kind of set in what they're doing. The, the big attack is on our young people. The influx of, the, of darkness is headed. It's just being dumped right on their heads at this moment. I mean, with the cell phones and Snapchat and TikTok and all these things that, 
that they're all exposed to 24 hours a day that, that a lot of parents don't even know what's going on or, or even checking on it or monitoring it. Let's just be honest, you know? And I mean, with that, they're, they're confused on their gender. They're confused on their, their sexuality. Uh, they feel like they're worthless because it's just been a slow fade from generation to generation to generation. And everybody's like, oh, these kids, these kids, these kids. No, hold on. Wait a minute. It's their mom and dad and their mom and dad's problem. You know, they, they were going, here's the, here's the deal. Let's just be true and honest one time. We all go to church on Sundays with our tie on and our dress and we walk in and we're covering that hole with the family picture and we're all being rosy dozy and, and coming in like we're great, but the spirit of God don't have an inkling of who we are on the inside. Yeah. And, 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 and the, who the sun sets free is free indeed. And when there's freedom, there's victory. And when there's victory, it, there's none of this that you combat this darkness and light overtakes the darkness. But right now it seems like the dark is overtaking the light because we don't have enough umption in us to say, Hey, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I've got to let him feel me and take me up, take me over. That way my family's family can continue this thing. Listen to what Jesus's brother said in, in his letter. He says, beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write, appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. To contend in the Greek means to agonize, to work for, to fight for. And I'm afraid a lot of parents today and a lot of parents before didn't have enough umption to contend. To contend. To agonize, to fight for. Because, hey, it's work when they run their mouth to you, Chris. <laughs> and you want to knock their teeth down their throat. Let's just be honest one yeah. time. Nobody wants the truth. Nobody wants to say, hey, they really make me mad, and I want to just spank them to oblivion because they keep running that smart mouth to me. Yeah. And, and nobody wants to say, hey, this is really happening. Oh, my kid's fine. It's perfect. No, look, I've got a four-year-old right now that is so stubborn, he refuses to submit to anything. And I don't know, and, and, and I almost chat, really man. believe that, that God put that in him because of the thought that's coming. Yeah. <laughs> the fight that's coming in the spirit that that maybe the stubbornness he has right now he will not yield to the enemy and he'll say hey I'm like Isaiah said I'm setting my face like a plant and I will not be ashamed I will not come hell or high water I'm going to stand here and fight for the kingdom and for the resurrection power that's who I'm going to be we're in such a weird area and time in the spirit that listen just going to church and cracking your bible ain't enough boys he says, I will baptize you with fire. I will baptize you with fire, and you will be witnesses to me. And that's the trouble. Where's the fire? Where's the baptism? We don't receive that fire. We don't receive that baptism unless we truly yield to who he is. You see, guys, I think that kids know if you're genuine or not, if you're real. Right? Oh, most, most definitely. I, that's one thing I found out as an educator and working in youth ministry. Like... You might be able to trick a kid for a while, but eventually they know, man. They know if it's real in you. And Paul, let's, you know, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. When those kids encounter an adult that's been transformed by the gospel and, and they're seasoned in the spirit and they're walking in the word and they're in love with Jesus Christ, I mean, it resonates. And those kids see it. But you know what? They're still going to be kids, they're still going to make mistakes. But there's going to come a time, though, if you train them up right, they'll fall back on that on that foundation. Now, Luke, you're a young man who was trained up right. Would you say? Yes, I, I believe so. I'm very thankful for that because— Jared and Shelma do a good job with you, uh, raising yes, you up? They, I mean, they'll tell you I hated going to church. I, I could not stand it. I didn't want to go. I, I didn't have—my friends weren't there, so I didn't want to be there. And that was, I was that way until— I got saved, and then even after I got saved, out there for about a year I stayed right, but then I fell right back into the same situations because of my group of friends that I had. And at, whenever that happened, I had to I had that coming to Jesus moment. Mm -hmm. And my friend, right before my freshman year, I started dating my wife now, which was almost seven years ago in May. And wow. she, her dad is a is a pastor, so I I would go to church to please her because she. <laughs> She and I'm thankful for her because she kept me straight. All How many high young school. men have done that over the years, right? Go oh. to go to church for your girlfriend. Hey, or I'm right here, guilty. Yes. The listen, I, I was saved when I was eight years old. I was away from the Lord 
in, in high school, my sophomore year of high school, I tell, I tell everybody, I, there was one reason that I went to church. It was for the girl. That was it. Mm-hmm. And, but God, you know, God had much bigger plans, but yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's a lot of boys. <laughs> anyway, keep, continue on, Luke. But um, I finally had that coming to Jesus moment. And um, something that I've realized, you know, is I just had a, a daughter and and I think back to in Jeremiah where he he's he's basically he says I'm quitting on you God I'm not I'm not doing this anymore I don't want to continue for you but then it says the word became as a fire in his bones mm, yeah. and and like you said earlier we think about oh these kids these days because me and my wife over the last seven years uh, she with these three little kids we've been heavily involved in their life they go home and then they come back and it's like everything that we've finally got established with them. They, you know, it's like it's gone because their parents did not mm-hmm. keep that routine. And we think it, we, we say, as I said earlier, you know, kids these days, but really parents these days, Ooh. they don't have a, and that's something I've preached on several times. And, you know, it's like, then where, where did that fire go? You need to quit quenching that fire because if you try to quit on the Lord, if you truly are His, that fire is going to keep on building and God. you just can't keep it in. So as a parent, you know, you have to always let that out. Always, you can't. If you're truly one of His, you're not going to be able to keep it in. You're going to share it with your kids. You're going to show them the way. We were all, um, we're all blessed here that we were taken to church. Mm. We were shown the right way. And it's like it says you read earlier in the Book of Proverbs, where you know Solomon's writing. He's like, you know, if you teach them the right way, they'll grow up and they won't depart from it. And that's the that should be your striving end goal as a parent. You know, I, I I desire to teach things to my daughter. I desire to enjoy these things, but something I keep saying over and over again, I just want her to grow up and love the Lord. I want her to grow up and be a worker for the Lord. And now see, you can cram it down their throat. Yes, right? you're gonna find this out. Like uh, my my kid, uh, he ate it. Gus. He would eat everything as a baby. Like if we put it in front of him, he'd eat it. But there came a point when he he didn't like him green beans no more, yeah. or he didn't like him. He don't really like mashed potatoes. I've had my kids say sometimes something that's going on in their life, and they're asking, and I say something. I said, "Dad, don't answer this like a preacher." <laughs> Just, yeah, but like Luke said it right there. There's every kid has got to have that point where you can't just continue to shove Jesus down their throat. But if it's done in love. Hopefully, I mean, the, the Holy Spirit can reach their heart, but they have to be in the presence of the Lord to have an encounter with the Lord, right? Yeah, I mean, God, they, they have to know where they can fall on. And listen, if you're going to fall, fall on Jesus. Uh, he's going to be that light, that lamp unto your feet and that light unto your path. you got to instill those values in them. But that kid needs a champion. It needs somebody to, mm-hmm. they need somebody to sow into them. Uh, guys, I read a, a staggering statistic. This was on, on Facebook the other day. The source of it, I can't remember um, the the exact source. It says it's uh, Josh Denhart at uh, Kid Ministry Science, but it says seventy five percent of kids left the church from eighteen to twenty nine. Seventy five percent are leaving. Okay, fifteen to twenty years ago, um, after about ten years, that most of them are coming back. Now they're not coming back. Studies are showing. And guys, oh, I hate this. And you know, I haven't been seeing it so much on my on my Facebook feed, probably because I started unfollowing these people. But I can't stand it when I see somebody post sun, Sunday Fun Day, and they're out on the lake or they're out. Uh, see, those people probably don't listen to this podcast either, so I can say it. You know, <laughs> but you know, they're that they're so busy during the week with other things. Sunday's their only day that they can have a family day, right? And I'm not I'm not criticizing them for having a family day or just for some alone time, guys. We all need sabbatical. Yes. We all need rest. But you see, they're so busy and consumed with the world and doing the things of the world, taking them to ball games or working overtime or trying to keep up with the Kardashians or the Joneses or whoever, that when it comes time for church, church is not fun and it's, it's more of an obligation. And so they would rather enjoy the things of this world. But what that's doing, though, they are building their house on the sand of this world, the sinking sand. 
And so I just done I just unfollow those people because it gets me tore up because the majority of them are saved. They 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 claim to be saved, but they're not raising up their children. And I well, wonder here's the thing about that, Ron. If church wouldn't be a chore to people if they were submitted to the Father. Because if you're submitted to the Father and you're seeking after him and trying to find him, you're gonna want to be involved in every opportunity that makes you grow stronger. Listen to what Jesus says here in John. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. And that's the trouble. People don't want to, people don't want to know him. Because here's the deal. When you know him, he corrects you. And when he corrects you, you, you can't do what makes your flesh feel good anymore. Ooh. Bottom line. But these young people, they're paying attention. Listen, I had the greatest compliment I've ever had in my life last night. Ooh. So I come to South Carolina. My son plays for uh, Limestone University Lacrosse. Uh, they're ranked number four in the nation in Division Two. They're really, really good. So I come over last night to Gaffney, and, and he, I meet him there at his dorm, and, and I take him and a good friend of his out to dinner. And we're sitting there talking, and uh, they're talking about this guy named Holden Poole. He's a youth pastor here in the Gaffney area. And, and Todd says, Dad, he came and he spoke to our team at an event, and he said two of our guys gave their life to Jesus uh, as he was speaking. And he said, and, and here's how people watch you and they pay attention to you. I would have never dreamed this, but my son said, Dad, when he spoke, he was just like you. He just let it all go. He says he, he, he'll, he unleashes all his emotion, and he tells you how it really is. He holds nothing back to point people to Jesus, just like you, Dad. And I thought, my God, did that just come out of my son's mouth? <laughs> I about choked on a nacho. I'm not going to lie to you. And I'm thinking... He does pay attention, even though I don't see it in the natural light, you know, him being all fired up for the Lord. But I also don't see him doing a whole lot of craziness either. But at the same time, he's paying attention. Our kids are watching us. They're watching us. They know, and, and their buddies know. And, and and it just, it blows my mind. We have to be surrendered. We yes. have to know him. We have to live for him to keep these things going. Because here's what, here's what I do know. People are going to do what they see. Christian, Harper's going to do what he sees. Yeah. Tobias is going to do what he sees. Luke, your little girl, Magnolia, is going to do what she sees you do. That's why it's vital for us to, to keep his commandments and do what he's called us to do. And and uh, I was so impressed by that comment of my son. I've already reached out to that Holden Pool guy to have him on the podcast. Boy, I, I went and found him. <laughs> It, it's a network. We just got to keep networking, networking for Jesus. Well, guys, we've been going now for about fifty minutes here. Let's try to land the plane. Let's let's try to let's try to uh, you bring this to a close. Let me finish this up right here about the seventy five percent of kids that left the church from eighteen to twenty nine. Here's why the twenty five percent stayed. Number one, because they ate dinner five to seven times a week with their family. What that meant was. They, they had a family that they were connected to, that they were tied to. Now, guys, I know I don't do that with my kids now. We don't, we usually, you know, my mama stayed home during the day. She didn't work. So when, when it came time for supper, mom would start working. She'd start fixing supper at three o'clock and have it ready by five. And, but, but she was mommy. How many women today are able to just be mommy? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It we don't live in Mayberry anymore. But guys, spending time, or men, whoever's listening to this podcast, make time for your family because fellowshipping and breaking bread together is important. Number two, it says they served with their family in a ministry at church. So letting your children see you serving, and then them serving with you, take them with you to that ministry event. Let them get involved. Even if it's just carrying boxes or handing out flyers, let them get involved. Number three, they had one spiritual experience in the home other than at church during the week. So that means 
making time to have a devotion or prayer time with your family, like just continuing to reinforce that at home. Number four, they were entrusted with a ministry responsibility at an early age. Again, training them up, training them up, getting them used to being involved and invested. And then number five, it said they had another, they had at least one faith focused adult in their life other than their parent. So someone else sowing into their life. So guys, if we want our kids to stay in church, we've got to get them plugged in. We got to love them. We got to minister to them. Okay. Uh, Luke, give us your closing thoughts. Then we'll go to Chris and then we'll end with Chappie. Um, well, we've, we've talked about a lot of things. Um, but I think the main thing is I've been studying here in Luke, um, for, I've been studying for preaching tomorrow and, Oh, where are you going to be preaching at? Uh, Chestua Baptist Church. Mm, I like Chestua. That's a good church. Yeah, their their pastor actually just uh, resigned not long ago. Uh-huh. So they're they're having me come and preach to them on Easter. Yes. Wow, that's so, a big honor. Um, they but here I've been studying on the two men that were on the cross at the same time as Jesus, and one conformed to the world. You know, the religious leaders and all them they were railing on Jesus and. That one of them just went along with them was like, well, if you're Christ, you know, save us too and get us down. And the other one was like, do you not fear God? You know, he he was a thief. He deserved that death, and he says that in the Bible. But he was willing to see Jesus for who he was. And I think that we live in a very broken world. And until we have to show, just as Jesus did, we have to show a broken world who is going to train our kids to be broken. We have to show them that they can be whole in Jesus, mm-hmm. even at their lowest point. Because I, I believe that whenever you get saved, it's when you're at your lowest point. It's when you hit rock bottom that you're willing to say, I'm, I'm willing to follow you, Jesus. And whenever that happens, they have to realize that they're broken because they're, they're, they're lost in sin, that there's a way out. We, we either... Uh, today in churches, we either rail them too much that sin, 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 or and we don't give them enough love, or we give them too much love and too much grace, and then they end mm. up going away from it. So I, I've been telling my wife, one day, maybe if I get the time, I'm going to write a book that's going to call be called The Fine Line of Christianity, because oh, I believe man. everything is a fine line, and there's a there's a very narrow walk. And, uh, you know, I, I, I use the example of my little donkey, whenever I'm trying to lead him somewhere, he hates that lead, but whenever I give him a treat, he's willing to go. So just as like with our kids or the youth today, you have to make sure they know that whenever they do stuff, there's consequences. There, you know, sin is wrong, but you need to also show them that love because whenever you show them that love, they're going to be willing to go and listen to you and follow that lead. So that's my closing thoughts. Well, whenever you decide to write that book, we have a published author. Here in our midst, Mr. Chris. Hey, you said you wanted to share that story about your well, grandfather. I thought if if uh, you would, y'all would be so gracious as to have me on another episode, maybe we could feature I, that. I think we can make that happen. I, I, I don't want to don't want to push the door in or anything. I, I think but we I, can do that. I'll knock. Okay. Um, yeah, and I, I want to say first of all, uh, Luke. I, I think I may steal a sermon title there, uh, Parents These Days. I love that hey, thought. That was great. Let me give you all this, too. I also heard this. It says, <laughs> when we get to heaven, there are no bonus points for originality hey. in, in, the, yes. in the ministry. <laughs> like, if you can copy somebody. Now, now, here's the thing. Like, we want to be genuine in our ministry, but we feel inspired Somebody inspires us, dude, use that. You go with that. Because here's the thing. It's not your word or my word. It's God's word, mm, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I've, uh, I don't want to say that I've been a, a, a spiritual copycat, but I have borrowed some things, you know, and made it my own. I must be the only one. No, you're not. This, this <laughs> no, last, it happened. It happened. <laughs> yeah. This last Sunday, I, I listened to Adrian Rogers' sermon like two or three weeks ago, and it, God just laid that scripture on my heart. And I, and I honestly, it's the only time I've ever battled against preaching a sermon that God laid on my heart because I didn't want to just do it because I heard Adrian Rogers preach it. And mm-hmm. I love listening to him preach, but I, when God just lays it on your heart, just like, you know, Jeremiah, you just, you can't hold it in. So that's just the way God leads and the way he goes. All right, Chris. I guess if I could wrap up 
youth ministry, 20 years of youth ministry, uh, and one saying uh, that I've, I've shared the most, I've seen, this truth is so real. The choices you make affect people who haven't even been born yet. That's true. And man, I I think, um, you know, we got a checkered past and we've been in this mischief or that mischief like you've been talking about, Roman. Uh, we never want to go out and, and, and obviously seek a, uh, a testimony like that. But when we are redeemed out of that, um, it's it's for the glory of the Lord and and you know it's Romans eight twenty eight all things all, all things, things yeah. work together for good the bad things the good things all things work together for good when they're surrendered to Him you know um, and so I believe through the years I have been um, I guess maybe able to relate to more and be patient with more teens going through things because I I remember where I was at that age. And even as a parent, I mean, there are sometimes, uh, you know, one of my kids will do something or say something. I'll, I, the first knee-jerk reaction I want to think is shake the, some sense into them, you know? <laughs> like, what are you thinking? And then God just kind of slaps me, the Holy Spirit, and he says, I want you right now, think about what you were doing, what you were saying, what were you were involved <laughs> in at that age right there. And man, that shuts me up really fast, and I, and it and it helps me to be able to then help lead and guide through that instead of just stand over here on the side and scream at at them when they're in a you know a bad place. And that's summed up in one word: grace. Yeah, I mean, if God extends His grace to us, should we not extend it on to our children? And absolutely. Yeah. Well, anyway, the choices you make affect people who haven't even been born yet. I tell my teenagers that all the time in in school, at at church. Your choice in this situation, in this season of life, one day your children, who you don't, you're not even married, you don't even have kids, but one day you will. And those kids, the choices they make, the life they live will be in, in large part determined by the choices you're making right now in this season of your life. So choose well mm-hmm. and follow, follow them. We're all part of a huge chain, right? And, and uh, a lot of people's chain, it's a, it's a chain, a connection of, of bad choices and sinful lifestyles. And then sometimes, you know, you go to the hardware store and get those quick links <laughs> that you can fix two chains. You can take a chain and hook it into another chain. And and connect it, and it's just as strong. And that's what the grace does. That's what Christ does. He has you know grafted us in. He's Ooh. he's made us in, put us in a new chain. And and this is my mindset: is Lord help me. I don't want the chain to break on my link. Mm. Don't let the chain break on my link. My children, my grand my grandchildren, desperately need my link to hold firm. And so I just try to remember that. And Chris, that's reiterating scripture. Paul, we said that a couple of weeks ago, that it's the 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 wickedness of man, it's visiting to the second and third generation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yes, absolutely. We want to stand strong in the in the word, in faith. Paul, help us uh wrap this up, brother. Chris, uh I just want to say I appreciate what you're doing at the school with the FCA. Uh we brought our youth last month and uh, I thought it was good. You should get Luke to come speak to him. Yeah, uh, uh, that'd be good. I think uh, Luke, Luke is a little what got a little wisdom beyond his years, and that comes from the father. So, uh, Amen. Be good for him to plant that seed if, if you get that opportunity to, to get him up there. But I want to say this in closing, Rome. Uh, none of us have it figured out, but the one we follow does. Yes, sir. And he imparts that wisdom to us to to correct us to make us better. And that that's what abiding in him means is even though we're walking, thinking we're doing good, you know, that shepherd takes that rod and he just, hey, if you start wavering to one side or the other, he says, hey, this is my path right here. Here's where I'm at. And he gently pulls us back and he corrects us and he, and he makes us his own. But listen to what Jesus said here. This is crucial about uh, people knowing who he is and submitting their life to him. This is in John again. I, I've been in John no more. I can't get away. He says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing. That's the trouble. A lot of people don't know the the master. But I have called you friends. Listen to this. This is key for us as fathers and as youth ministers. For all that I have heard from my father, 
I have made known to you. We've got to be connected to the Father so he can make known his truth to us so we can make it known to them and they'll make it known to another. Just as Paul told Timothy, what you've seen and heard in me, entrust to faithful men. And it'll just keep going down the line if we'll walk in the Spirit. Well, guys, that's going to do it for the episode today. Luke, thank you for coming on board. Chris, thanks again, old buddy. We're going to get you scheduled for the next one. Uh, Chappie, enjoy your time out in South Carolina. We want to wish all of our Truth Revivals a happy Easter weekend. Let's celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. This is like Super Bowl weekend for the believer, right? So, uh, men, we want to uh, encourage you. Luke, as you minister tomorrow, may the Lord bless you. Truth Revival listeners, if you like what you hear, be sure to visit us on Facebook at Truth Revival 37385. For Paul Chapman, I'm Roman Hamilton. We're out of here.